0: Hi, I'm Rumbi, and I'm just a normal Christian girl doing what she loves to do, and that's speaking about Jesus. Welcome to my podcast. A space where we motivate, encourage, and help each other work boldly in our journeys with God. Each week, we discuss lessons from the Bible, relevant topics, and much more. So grab your Bible, bring your coffee and pens, and let's dive straight into today's episode. I'm your host, Rumbi Zachamisa, and welcome to Just a Normal Christian Girl Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Just a Normal Christian Girl Podcast. I'm Rumbi, and if it's your first time here, welcome to the podcast. I hope that everyone is having an amazing week so far. My week has been pretty average. I've been trying to get my community service hours in. And when I tell you guys I'm not doing well in this area, I'm not doing well. I need 20 hours in total. And I've started this week with zero hours. So I need to like get a move on with that. But I've started running again with my mom in the mornings. Which has been really good. There's something about me and running in the dark that I just love. I've been watching a lot of Netflix. I've been reading a lot. I just finished this book called A Torch Against the Nights And guys, when I tell you that I could not put this book down. This book literally had me. So if you're looking for a good fantasy book to try definitely check the series out. But right now, I'm just trying to take it really slow. I'm on holiday and school is literally around the corner as we speak. So I'm trying to really enjoy this last bit of freedom that I've left. Something I've been trying to do more in my life is learning to be very intentional about every day. I read this quote this week by Joyce Mirror and it said, Every day is a gift from God. Learn to focus on the giver and enjoy the gift. And that's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to focus on the giver, on God, and treating each day as if it is a gift from God, because that is what it literally is. I'm trying to be more present in certain moments, enjoy more moments in my life and make each day count. Like at the end of each day, or well, at least most days, I want to sleep knowing it was a good day. And even if, you know, I have the most unproductive day ever, teaching myself to enjoy those moments and not feel guilty even if my day is filled with work, 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 and study, 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 learning to enjoy those aspects of my life as well. So, just a friendly reminder from your fellow sister in Christ to seek the giver of life and to see the beauty in your life and enjoy it. You know, at the end of the day, literally and figuratively, we only get one life to live. And we only get to live our life and not anyone else's. So why not enjoy it? Why not live it to the fullest? And also, why not live for God? Amen. So guys, in this episode, I wanted to share with you something I learned recently, like maybe three weeks ago. I learned this lesson after reading a passage found in the book of Exodus, chapter 17. And this passage speaks about the time where the Israelites were in the wilderness, and they had no water, and God miraculously provided water for them. But before I get into this passage, I wanted to share with you guys some context in my own life, with how this lesson actually came about. So last year, 2021, my parents both got COVID. Luckily, they were the only ones that got it. My siblings and I didn't. And praise be to God, because, you know, that was a miracle in itself. Like, I have six siblings, so my whole family... All together including me is nine and I have little sisters who are seven this year so last year obviously they were six and they're twins I'm actually also a twin um but they would like still sometimes go in my parents room despite the fact that they were still sick and you know we're all staying in the same house touching the same surfaces and social distancing ...wasn't even done properly. So I was very surprised... Um, ...but very grateful... ...that none of us got it. So anyways... ...after he was healed from that... ...my dad's leg started to swell a lot... ...and after some time... ...it would just stay like that... ...and it would not get better. And so after going to the hospital... ...he found out that he had cancer... And, you know, at first, I was not very scared. I knew in my heart that he would get through it. But, you know, as the days went by, as the weeks went by, as the months went by, I got more and more worried and anxious. You know, for me, I knew cancer was big. I knew it was a big deal. But only when my dad got it did I really feel... The weight of that word. But God was so faithful in that season. I mean, God is always faithful, but I really felt it. I really felt his faithfulness over my life during that season. So my dad had chemo um for a while. He wasn't really coping well with it. So he stopped that and got surgery. To remove the cancer from his leg. Praise be to God, the surgery was a success. He was in and out of hospital for a while, but after some time, he recovered at home, he completed his radiation, and the cancer was gone. And let me tell you guys, I was literally the happiest girl in the world that he was healed. And I was, like, so just, like, I was just, like, happy isn't even the word to describe it. I was just, like, so, you know, overjoyed that that season was over. So, that was last year, towards the end of the year. Now, maybe three weeks ago, I found out that he had cancer again, but this time it was in his lungs. And, you know, to be honest, I didn't take that very well. I was very upset. You know, lung cancer is pretty serious. So when I found out, fear just took a hold of me. There's this quote by Billy Graham, and it says, Fear can paralyze us and keep us from believing God and stepping out in faith. The devil... Loves a fearful Christian. And that was me. I let fear paralyze me. I was so fearful because I allowed myself to dwell on all the bad things that could happen instead of believing and trusting in God and meditating on pieces of scripture that could have brought me comfort in that moment. I knew that the best thing to do in the moment was pray and get into the prince of god but i just did not want to i did pray a very short prayer for like 10 to 20 seconds it was more me crying than actually speaking which is totally okay i mean our prayers Don't always have to look and sound pretty. We don't always have to have a smile on our faces when we're with God. We don't always have to act as if everything is okay when it's not. And, you know, hide our tears from God. No, our tears and our sorrows are important to God. I believe that our tears are as important to God as our words are. So much so that the Bible says in Psalms 56 verse 8, You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. you recorded each one in your book. So God cares about our tears. You know, this is quote I came across when I was preparing for this episode. And it's basically based on Psalms 56 verse 8. And it says, Tears are prayers too. They travel to God when we can't speak. So we shouldn't ever hide our sadness or tears from God. Because he cares about that aspect of our lives too. But anyways, the next morning I wake up, still feeling pretty down. And my dad comes up to me. We talk and all that stuff. And he tells me to read Exodus chapter 17. And so I read it. But at first, I don't really understand the importance of it or why he told me to read it in the first place. Like, you know those moments for all those who are still in school where you're reading your textbook, but none of the words seem to link, none of the words... All sentences seem to make sense. And you just don't know what's going on. And the more you read it. The more confused you get. And so I read the story over and over again. But in the moment. I just couldn't seem to understand. How this passage was supposed to give me comfort. Or help in the situation. But after he explained it to me. And after I spent some time thinking over it, um, praying over it, I don't know why, but this passage just gave me so much comfort. It motivated me to get out of my bad mood. Um, it motivated me to stop dwelling on my negative thoughts and continue to walk on faith. So I wanted to spend this episode speaking about the story, sharing with you guys some of the things I learned, and hopefully you can get something from the story as I did. So get comfy, grab your Bibles or just listen to me speak, grab some snacks and let's get into the word of God. Again, I'll be reading Exodus 17, verses 1 to 7 in the CSB version. The entire Israelite community let the wilderness of sin, moving from one place to the next according to the Lord's commands. They camped at Ripidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So the people complained to Moses. Give us water to drink. Why are you complaining to me? Moses replied to them. Why are you testing the Lord your God? But the people thirsted there for water and grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you ever bring us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord. What should I do with these people? In a little while they will stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go on ahead, the people, and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take the staff you struck the nail with in your hand, and go. I am going to stand there in front of you, on the rock at Horeb. When you strike the rock, water will come out, and the people will drink. Moses did this in the sight of the Isles of Israel. He named the place Massa and Merubah because the Israelites complained and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? So firstly, I probably mispronounce all those names of the places, but you know that's okay so this story takes place after the israelites escape from pharaoh and his army to the red sea after they travel from place to place they found themselves encamped at an area with no water the first thing i learned from the story is that god is the one who guides our lives If the edge lights were guiding themselves or using their own judgment to find a place to stay, they would not have chosen this area. For one reason, and one reason only, again, there was no water. I mean, it doesn't take a wise person to discover that there's no water in an area I mean, just walk around for at least 30 minutes and you can jump to that conclusion. And you know, water is a basic necessity. They needed it for themselves, their children, their livestock. And so if they had it their way, they would not have chosen the spot. But it was God who was leading the way and guiding their steps. If you know the story, you will know that during the day, they were being guided by a pillar of cloud. And during the night, they were being guided by a pillar of fire sent from God. If the pillar of cloud or fire stopped, that is where they would camp. And when it started moving again, they would pack up their things and continue their journey. So, it was God who determined their steps. It was God who guided their journey. It was God who brought them to a place with no water. And even though they were being obedient in the moment, even though they weren't the happiest campers with regards to where they were, this is where God had them and this is where God wanted them to be. And the same is true for us as Christians. It is God who guides our steps. It is God who determines our path and where we should go. There's this joke that says, when man plans, God laughs. And it's so true because we can have so many plans in our lives. But at the end of the day, if it does not line up with God's plan for our lives, they will not happen. And so it is God who guides our lives. And many times, God will guide us into places where there is no water. And what I mean by that is places we do not want to be in. Hard places. Places we feel uncomfortable in. Places we would never choose for ourselves to be in if we had it our way so i had to tell myself rumbi this is where god has you this is the season god has brought you in so firstly me just knowing that helped change my perspective a bit because in every season god is working not only is he working behind the scenes i guess you could say but he is also working in us. He's trying to build things in us. Remove certain things that aren't supposed to be there. Teach us things and teach us things. You know, the Bible says in the book of James. That whenever we go through different trials. The good or the bad. We should count it all joy. And then it goes on to say That the testing of our faith produces perseverance and how we should let perseverance finish its work so we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so when we go through different seasons, again, the good or the bad, we have the opportunity to build our faith and build our character. And so for me, looking back, I've been putting so much of my attention on my circumstances and what was going on around me, which, you know, only produced more fear in my life, instead of focusing on what God is trying to do inside of me in the season he has brought me in. What he is trying to teach me and teach me, show me. I was so focused on... What was happening with my family instead of thinking okay what is God trying to build into this family and so knowing that helped me change my perspective a bit but also you know knowing that God is the one who brought me in the season brought me a lot of comfort because God has our best interests at heart And although sometimes it might not seem that way, it's true. He does what he knows is best for us, not what we feel is best for us. There's a big difference. I've said this quote on my podcast too many times to count. But this is one of those quotes I have buried in my heart. On the back of my Bible, I write down quotes that are special to me. And right now, I only have three. And this quote is one of them. The quote is by Pastor Greg Richel. And the quote says, You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has got a purpose. You don't have to understand the plan to trust that God has got a purpose. We might not know and understand the importance of a season. We might not know or understand what's going on. We might not know what's going to happen next. I think that's the most frustrating part, at least for me. Not knowing how things are going to turn out in the future. But despite all that, we can take faith and courage in the fact That God is working all things for the good of those who love him. We can take faith and courage in the fact that God has a plan for each and every one of us. Plans to prosper us, not to harm us. Plans to give us a hope in the future as the Bible says. Even though it might not seem that way in the moment. But how circumstances look in the moment How we feel in the moment does not have the power to change the word of God. So for me, you know, as soon as I got out of my bad mood, I had to remind myself of God's word and say it to myself over and over again. And I had to ask myself, okay, Rumbi, do you trust God? Do you really trust God? Do you trust his word and that he will do what he said he would do? And trusting God doesn't mean things work out the way you wanted them to. For me, trusting God doesn't guarantee my dad will get healed from cancer. It doesn't guarantee he won't die. For me, trusting God means that I'm choosing to put my hope to put my faith in him, regardless of the circumstances or what's going on around me, because I know and I believe that he knows what's best for my life. The second thing I learned from this story is that whenever we're going through hard seasons, we can choose how we respond to God. My dad asked me this question. He said, to me how are you going to respond in this season if you look at the story when the israelites were led into a place that they did not want to be in a place with no water they complained the passage says they complained to moses but ultimately it was god who brought them into that place and if we're not intentional and careful whenever we go through hot seasons we can act just like the Israelites did we can spend the majority of our time in the season complaining to other people but also to god we can spend our time being angry upset and just being in this overall bad mood or we can continue to be thankful. We can continue to be joyful and praise God. My dad challenged me when he said this to me. He said, is your faith in God based on his blessings and the gifts he provides for you? Or is it based on who he is? Will you praise and trust God only when things are going good in your life Or will you continue to praise him and put your trust in him and put your faith in him even when things aren't so grey? Because it's easy to praise God when everything is blue skies and rainbows but it's hard when things aren't. And so I had to check myself and see how I was responding to God in the situation And it doesn't even have to be as extreme as turning away from Christianity. But am I complaining? Am I neglecting my time with him because I'm upset? Am I coming to him feeling entitled or angry? Or am I still going to trust him? Am I still going to be obedient to him? Am I still going to be joyful and praise him? Now, I'm not saying that you must not be angry or upset at all, or that there aren't gonna be moments in your season where you're not gonna feel this way. But don't let that be your overall response in the season. Like, for me, when I first found out my dad had cancer, I was super upset and sad, and I felt a bunch of weird mixed not so good emotions but it was important that i did not stay in that place it was important that i did not allow myself or rather had people around me that did not allow me to dwell in that sadness but that i got up even when the easiest thing to do is to just sit in your emotions. It's so important that I got up and into the Prince of God and remind myself of his word, remind myself of his faithfulness and all the things he's already done for me in the past. My dad said this to me a while back. You know, my dad thinks I don't listen to him when he speaks, but I actually do. But anyways, this is like a bit of encouragement for anyone going through a hot season. He said, suffer well. When you're going through a hot season, let's say that the season was over, because you know, seasons have an expiration dates, and you were to look back on that season. How would you have wanted to see yourself respond in that season? Would you have wanted to see yourself be strong in the Lord? praising god even when things were tough and being thankful or would you have wanted to see yourself complaining throughout the whole season and ignoring god and being angry and upset all the time so act how you would have wanted to see yourself act if you were to look back on that season and suffer well Don't let other people, don't let the devil steal your faith, steal your joy. Continue to be thankful. Continue to go to God and put your faith and trust in him. The last thing I learned is that God is our provider and he is with us. If you read Exodus chapters 14 to 17, these chapters all show us And speak about this idea of how God is our provider. In chapter 14, God provided the Israelites with safety and a way out through the Red Sea when they were being chased by Pharaoh. In chapter 16, the Israelites had no food. Again, they complained to Moses, but God provided them with manna, which is food each and every day. In chapter 17, the chapter I'm reading now, God provided them with water from rock when they found themselves their place in the water. Maybe I haven't got the memo yet, but water doesn't usually come from a rock when you strike it. But God miraculously provided water this way for them. And later on in the chapter, God provided them with victory when they were fighting against their enemy god continuously provided for the Israelites needs and guys god does not show favoritism if he can do it for them he can surely do for us you know in the bible one of the names given to god is Jehovah Jireh which means the lord is our provider guys Today, tomorrow, and forever, he is our Jehovah Jireh. He is our ultimate provider and our source. There's a song by Maverick City Music called Jireh. And it's one of my favorite worship songs. I never get tired of it. And my favorite part of the song is when the lyrics say, If he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor how much more will he clothe you if you watched over every sparrow how much more does he love you and these lyrics are from a passage in the bible that teaches us not to worry and this passage is found in the book of matthew chapter 6 but also in the book of luke chapter 12 but i want to read the one in matthew so, Matthew 6, verses twenty six to 33. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or stow away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes across the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So why do you worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. So as the passage says, God cares for the smallest of his creation. God feeds the birds in the skies, he clothes the grass, the field and how much more valuable Are we than these things? And so if God can provide for them, how much more, how much more will he provide for his children today? God provides us with strength. He provides us with rest, peace, joy, safety. He provides for our needs. Guys, again, today, tomorrow and always, he is our Jehovah Jireh. And lastly, God is with us. In verse 7, it says again, He named the place Massa and Merubah. Didn't say that right? Because the Israelites complained and because they tested the Lord saying, Is the Lord among us or not? You see, as I said before, the Israelites had all witnessed and personally experienced God's love, His goodness, and faithfulness when they were escaping enslavement and pharaoh god took them to a place of safety and he performed many miracles in front of them and so i guess you could say that in these moments the Israelites were sure that god was with them but when they found themselves in a place of difficulty a place with no water they started to question god's presence in their lives and if he was really with them they relied on god's blessings his provision and hand over their lives to determine if he was with them or not but little did they realize that god is always with us and he will never leave us and you know guys there's so many verses in the bible that speak about this For example, I just want to name one, Um, Joshua 1 verse 9. It says, This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And as I said before, our emotions, our thoughts, our circumstances do not have the power to change the word of God. Just because we might feel as though God is far or that he is not with us in some of the seasons that we go through in life. Again, these feelings don't change or take away from the truth. The truth that God is with us in every season. In the story when God tells Moses to hit the rock with his staff. He says this to Moses in verse 6. I am going to stand there in front of you on the rock at Herob. When you hit the rock, water will come out and the people will drink. I am going to stand there in front of you at the rock of Herob. I love this because it just speaks about how God is in our lives, how he acts in our lives. He stands in front of us. He never sends us into seasons alone. He goes before us wherever we go. He stays with us in every season, even though sometimes it might not feel that way. And so know that whatever season you're going through, the good, the bad, the happy, the sad, he is your Jehovah Jireh. And he is with you. And that's something I've been telling myself lately. Rimbi. God is your Jehovah Jireh and he is with you. So guys, that is what I wanted to share with you in this episode. This is by far the biggest thing I've learned this year. And I hope mm-hmm. that you're able to take something or learn something from the story just like I did. I encourage you to read the whole story, pray about it again, Exodus 17, verses 1-7. to If you made it this far in the episode, thank you for listening. It really does mean a lot to me. I hope that you all have an amazing rest of your week with God. I will speak to you in the next episode. But before I go, remember and never forget. Jesus loves you. Peace.